This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. If you have your Bible, pull out your Bible. If you have the Bible app, pull out your Bible app. Um, Today is going to be a little bit different than a typical Sunday morning. Um, Typically, um, I kind of have one theme and one point, and I do have a theme today, but um, I got a few things that the Lord has been rolling around in my heart, and uh, I got a few different verses uh, that I've really felt like the Lord kind of put his finger on this week, and all three verses kind of tie into this one theme, but we're going to jump into three different areas, and uh, we're going to let the Lord speak to us on this great Pentecost Sunday. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. We are super excited to celebrate all that Jesus is doing. Wonderlies, I love you guys. It's good to see you. Hey, come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you into our midst, wherever we're at. If we're right here in the service, if we're at home, if we're in our car, if we're listening to a podcast, if we're listening to this at the gym, doesn't matter where we're at, you are ever present. And Holy Spirit, we invite you, we welcome you to come speak to us right now about our life and our future and what God is proclaiming and doing in our lives. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for this day. And everybody agrees. Said, amen, amen, amen. All right. uh, If you got your Bibles, let's go. The first verse we're going to look at, uh, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1. Um, like I said, there's been about three verses that have been rolling around in my heart. And also, uh, there's been a song. Um, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with Bethel's new album that just dropped on Friday. It's called Revivals in the Air. And there is a song on the album called Revivals in the Air. What would you know? So, um, But there's this great song called Revivals in the Air. And It has this funky guitar riff to it. It has this funky beat. It's just different than anything I've heard. And uh, and it's just talking about seasons that are coming. And what's wild is that they wrote this song, I mean, probably a year ago, and started playing it over a year ago, not knowing exactly what was about to come in the earth and the seasons that we would go through in the earth, but that the season that we would come out of in the earth too. Um, I had a great, I really believe it was a prophetic dream last night. And I just, it was, I had this dream and it felt like summer and it was hot. And I remember reading something and it just said Corona was dead. And I just felt, I I just woke up with this joy in my heart. I woke up with this peace in my heart. I woke up with this excitement that Jesus is healing the land. Jesus is healing the earth. And that we're going to move into a season of great revival in the earth. And it's going to be tremendous. And so that song's been rolling around in my heart. And then I really felt like the Lord gave me these three different passages that really tie to this word revival. And so we're going to jump into that today. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, it says this, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard of you. We've asked God to give you complete knowledge of his will 
and to give you supernatural wisdom and his understanding. And we've been talking about this in this season and in this series called Letting Go about knowing God's will and God's desires versus ours. And they're very different, okay? Most of the time, what our flesh and what we want personally is very different than what God the Father has planned for our life. And there's this place as believers that we come to that we eventually surrender and go, God, it's not my life, but it's your life. And I want to know what you have in store for my future. Goes on to say in verse 10, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Verse 13 and 14 says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his dear son. Other versions say he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, his kingdom. Verse 14, Who purchased our freedom and our forgiveness of sins. So, Let's ask a couple questions, okay? First question is this, what is revival? When we talk about this word revival, what is the word revival? And what does it mean to us as believers? And what does it mean to the world as unbelievers? And so first, let's talk about what it means to us as believers in Christ Jesus, okay? Verse 9, again, it says this, we ask God, ask God, not man. And I think it's really important that we understand this in this season and time where everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a platform. Everybody has a thought. And I don't mean this meanly, but there's a lot of people on social media, on all kinds of platforms, from Facebook to TikTok to Instagram, there's all kinds of platforms, and people have platforms that they shouldn't have. And they have opinions that are not rooted in sound biblical teaching. These are people that are taking random verses and applying it to their situation, their current situation, or a past situation that they went to, and they're coming up with their own doctrine and theology without ever studying true biblical doctrine and theology. And so this says this, we ask God, not man. And the problem is we live in a day and a time in a culture that we're finding our biblical understanding of theology through other people's point of views, not through God's point of view, and not asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us. So he says this, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. Not our will, not our desires, but his will and his plans to give you complete spiritual wisdom and understanding. So there is a revival for us, the believers, the ones who believe in Christ Jesus, meaning this. There's a place where we become alive in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone, okay? And when that happens, this is what the word says, complete knowledge and understanding of his will, his desires. Meaning what? Complete knowledge how Jesus wants you to shine at work. That when you go to work, or maybe you're at home right now, but I understand that 
That's not going to last forever. We're all going to go back to work. We're all going to be around people again. We're all going to go back. And the Lord says, I'll give you complete knowledge and wisdom on how to go back to work and shine for me. So that these people who are freaking out can look at somebody who isn't freaking out and is stable and is secure and is full of faith and full of understanding and you can shine by not even saying a lot. You can shine through love. You can shine through grace. You can shine through giving mercy to people who don't deserve mercy. You can shine. Jesus says, I'll give you complete knowledge. You'll have complete knowledge of how Jesus wants you to love your spouse. How great is that? Complete knowledge how Jesus wants you to love family members. Complete knowledge of how Jesus wants you to love and to raise your children. I'll give you complete knowledge. You'll have complete knowledge on how to bless other people, how to live in this season and not focus on yourself and not focus just in your world. And I think that's what's really interesting about this season is the enemy has desired to create people's worlds to become very, very tiny. And when our worlds become tiny, our vision becomes tiny. And when our vision becomes tiny, we don't see how God wants to use us to bless other people and to be a blessing in the earth. You'll have complete knowledge and wisdom on how Jesus wants us to love and not be racist or not live in injustice. What a season and a time that we live in where we see racism flowing back to the top. The enemy has such a plan for harm and disaster in this season. But don't you know that Jesus would always and always has used the church and used his people to shine love throughout hate? And this is a time and a season that we choose not to walk in hate or walk in confusion or walk in a lack of understanding, but this is a season and a time that we would put ourselves in other people's shoes and see things from their perspectives and walk a mile in their shoes and to understand where they're coming from and to choose to love them as Jesus would love them. Amen? We'll have complete understanding of this. We'll have complete understanding of how Jesus wants us to live righteously. Listen, there's only so many shows on Netflix, you know? The other day, I turned on this Netflix movie, and I was about, I don't know, six, seven minutes into it. The Holy Spirit was like, nope. Nope. Not doing this. Listen, God will give us all complete knowledge on how to live in this life in every circumstance we could ever face. And then it says this, the revival for the believer, complete wisdom and knowledge, and then what comes next? Spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he gives us revelation on how to live in this life on a daily basis, but then he goes, I'll give you spiritual wisdom. I'll give you spiritual understanding. I'll give you a revelation on that, and the revelation that comes from the spiritual side is this what really matters in this life? Everything becomes very clear. Jesus makes things very, very clear. I know for me in this season, Jesus has just met me daily and has been showing me daily 
what really, really matters in this life. It's amazing how when everything stops, distraction stops, busyness stops, how clear you can hear the Lord. And the Lord makes it very clear. And then the spiritual wisdom comes and the understanding comes and the understanding comes of what? People need Jesus. That's what matters. That's what matters. It's the only thing we can take to heaven. It's the only thing we can present before our Lord is, I brought these people with me, Jesus. They needed you because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to fear that's running rampant. Jesus is the answer to racism that's running rampant. Jesus is the answer to addiction, loneliness, insecurity, hate. We could go on and on and on. And the world is looking and seeking for answers. Now, they may not respond correctly, but they're searching. They want an answer. And the reality is no man on earth is going to give them the answer that they really want. The only answer that they could ever, ever, ever find that would really bring peace to their soul is Jesus. That's it. And so when we have this personal revival in Jesus Christ, he gives us understanding for our life, but then he gives us understanding for the world. And he makes it really, really, really clear. But then there's this other revival, and it's the revival of the unbeliever. In verse 13, it says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Right? Amen. He took us from the kingdom of darkness. There's an amplified version that says this, that he rescued us from deception that he rescued us from the claws, from the grip, from the chains of the enemy, that he rescues us from darkness and translates us into the kingdom of his son, into Jesus Christ, that we are grafted into Jesus Christ. The word says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father today and that we sit with him at the right hand of the Father, that he's brought us from one kingdom and he's brought us into another kingdom who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Amen. There's a revival for the unbeliever. He translates, takes them from deception, the deception, the system that the world has. He takes them from that system and he brings them into God's system, into God's kingdom. And this is what I believe. I truly believe this. This was probably, oh gosh, this was probably two weeks before everything went cray-cray. Cray-cray, we'll just say it. It's just, it went cray-cray. The world lost their minds. Two weeks before that, I was in here, and I'm just, I'm praying, and I'm walking, and, I'm, and, I, and, and the Lord gave me just two very clear visions. He gave me a vision of Elevate Church, and it was Jess and I, and we were dedicating the brand-new building. And that sounds crazy, because we just did that a year ago but we were in a brand new building. And me and Jess, we were dedicating this building. And then the next thing he showed me was just thousands of people just filling this building. And the Lord has been very clear to me in this season 
that there are, number one, I really truly believe there are prodigal sons and daughters that are going to run home. They are going to run home. That this has shaken them and awoken them. But I also believe that there are just, there are atheists, there are complete unbelievers, there are people that you would have never dreamt and imagined in your life accepting Jesus that is going to accept Jesus. And I believe in the next 12 months, we are going to see great personal revival and we're going to see the revival of unbelievers everywhere. We're going to see it around the world, but we're going to see it in our house, Elevate Church, and it's going to be a great season. That was verse number one. Verse number two is this. Go with me to Acts, the book of Acts, the New Testament. We're going to look at Acts chapter two on this Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, Jesus now. All right, Acts chapter two, we're going to look at verses one through four, and then we're going to look at verse 41. Verse 1, it says, on the day of Pentecost, this was a day, Jesus in John chapter, uh, I believe, John 14, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, I'm going back home to the Father, and this is better for you because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit uh, to you to be there in my place. And it says, on that day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. I can't wait to meet together in this house, in this in this place that God has given us. Verse 2, it says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm that filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church on that day about 3,000 in all. So I'm going to look at four points in this passage. Point number one is this, okay? If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, okay? If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, the question is this. Do you listen to the Holy Spirit, okay? Some people listen to the Holy Spirit better than others, some people listen to the Holy Spirit because they truly want to know what God has to say about their everyday life. Some do not listen to the Holy Spirit because they don't like what the Holy Spirit's saying. Let's just be completely honest. So we all learn as believers how to hear the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people ask me this question, well, how do I know it's the Lord? And I'll say uh, a few things. Number one, follow peace. Where there's peace, the Holy Spirit's going to be there. The Holy Spirit will give you peace, okay? So if you're dealing with a situation with, let's say, um, somebody you're angry with and you really want to tell them how you feel and how you want to tell them about your injustice, and then you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? And the Holy Spirit gives you this red light inside of you. You have no peace about it. You know that the Holy Spirit's going, I'm not in this. God's going, I'm not in this. That's your choice. I would rather you forgive and let go and to move on. So you follow peace. 
where there is no peace, you go, no. And sometimes if you're like in the middle where you're like, I don't know, I kind of have peace, I kind of don't have peace, that's a moment that you find somebody that you really love and trust that's full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Word of God and go, hey, help me out here, okay? But the first point is this. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. The second point is this. Acts 2, what's happening in Acts 2 is different than the Holy Spirit just leading you. This is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, okay? This is the infilling of the Holy Spirit with what? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in what? Other languages. What is speaking in tongues? You are praying out the perfect will of God that the enemy cannot understand. It is a direct hotline to heaven. You are speaking as God, and God is speaking through you, and the Holy Spirit is this disconnection from heaven that is happening inside of you. So point number two is the Holy Spirit, just as it said in verse four, and everyone present was filled. Filled with what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with what? The speaking of tongues. Meaning this, point number three, the Holy Spirit came and filled them, filled them with what? Power, understanding, wisdom to do things that they could not do in their own strength. Okay? So this is a infilling that God gives you to do beyond what you could ever hope or imagine in your own strength. Okay, so leads us to point number four. Peter, in Acts chapter two, when he addresses the people, this is Peter that always says the wrong thing. This is Peter that denied Jesus three times. This is G Peter that, you know, trips over his feet and is kind of a mess all the time. Well, this guy now full of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we gotta see what is the difference. What is the difference between Peter in the Gospels and then Peter in the New Testament, in the book of Acts and beyond, is what? He is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an infilling that he received. And so now Peter is speaking to the people. And what happens? 3,000 people receive Jesus. Peter doesn't speak in his own accord. Peter speaks under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This is why times in church, I'll have a word for somebody, and then like three months later, they'll be like, do you remember what you spoke to me? I'll be like, nope, I don't. I, I kind of, I remember talking to you, but I don't remember exactly what you spoke. And they kind of look at me like, why? Why don't you remember it? Because it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the infilled power that Jesus Christ filled me up with, and he gave me this direct word from heaven that I heard from heaven that I spoke out, and I gave it to you because Jesus wanted you to hear that word. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm really, really believing that in this season, there's going to be a desire for more. And now, everybody can receive the power of the Holy Spirit different ways. Many people receive it by the laying on of hands, where somebody that is filled with the Holy Spirit lays hands on somebody, prays that person wants to receive the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. They speak in an unknown language that is from heaven. 
And I'm, let me be very clear. It is for today. It is for all believers. It is for this time. It will give you understanding and revelation directly from heaven. You and I as believers, we all need the infilling of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. But this can happen in different ways. For me, it happened, I was in a worship service. I was just about to go into my internship uh, where I was going to go into this full-time ministry, learning how to become a pastor. And I was in this worship service, and I could just sense that heaven was there. It was just one of those moments where there's this place, and and I know it now because I can hear it. I can hear it in in the music. I can hear it sometimes in service where I know we've kind of crossed from the outer courts, we've gone into the inner courts, and then you cross into the holies of holies. And you, it's like, it's almost like heaven is playing. And, and I was in one of those moments in worship, and I could sense that God had more, and I wanted more because I knew I needed more to do what God was calling me to do. And I just cried out in this worship service. I said, Lord, just give me more. Okay, now, this was the second time, okay, when I was seven years old, never forget, I'm in the bathtub, don't envision me in the bathtub right now, okay, but I was in the bathtub, a little seven years old, and I'm playing with G.I. Joe's, okay, I'm playing with Duke, and I'm playing with the twins, okay, and they're fighting, and, and my grandma was a intercessor for our church, and she was a prayer warrior, and she would... We had one of those phones, I don't know if any of you remember, where the cord was a mile long, and she could just literally walk through the entire house, and just the cord would just travel and wrap around things, and she would walk around the house, and she would pray for people, and she was kind of the prayer chain person, and she would pray in the Holy Spirit. I remember I'm in the bathtub, she's doing her makeup, I think we were probably going to Wednesday night church maybe, or something like that, and she was praying in the Holy Spirit, and at seven years old in the bathtub, I just started going, and I'm like, I'm like seven. I'm like, what in the world has happened to me right now? And the Holy Spirit filled me. I was just in the presence of God because, it, listen, spirits reproduce spirits, okay? The spirits that you are around are reproducing. And so there's this Holy Spirit that's on my grandparents, and it reproduced my life. Now, that happened when I was seven. Okay, from then on, I never spoke again in the Holy Spirit. And there was actually some things that happened in my life that I don't have time to get into that kind of repelled me from some of these things. But again, I'm at this point, I'm probably 20 years old, and I cry out, and I said, Lord, I want more. And the Holy Spirit came, and he filled me, and I spoke in tongues. I just started speaking in tongues in this worship service. And I remember there was like junior hires around me, and they're all looking at me like, what are you saying right now? And what's happening right now? And I didn't care. And I'm just like, I'm just sobbing because I could just feel the God of the universe filling my creation, filling me up with his spirit, filling me up with his power, filling me up with his desires, filling me up. And this is a season and a time that we need the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we are crossing into a new season, that for many of us that are filled, we're going to just 
dial into the Holy Spirit. And for those that are not filled, you are going to be filled and you are going to receive and you're going to walk in a new power and a new strength. And it's going to be great in Jesus' name. And so we're going to do some things this summer. We're going to have some opportunities to fill people with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to teach a class uh, this summer, I think kind of at the end of the summer, on the uh, Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to give you about 45 verses about how Jesus wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we'll lay hands on people. We're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen? Verse number three is this, and and like I said, there's three different verses, but they all tie together to what? Revival, okay? They all tie together to revival. Holy Spirit wants to empower you with his power to see revival in the land. Last one is this. Joshua, we're going to look at Joshua 2, and then we're going to look at Exodus chapter 14. Joshua 2, and then we're going to look at Exodus chapter 14. I'm reading Joshua right now. We're going to start a series next week on Joshua because uh, I believe that the Lord is leading all of us into a new land, into a promised land. And so we're going to study Joshua, and God's been speaking to me out of the book of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 2, verse 10, I was reading this the other night, and it just came alive. It just was one of those moments that the word jumped off. And it said in verse 10, For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you, through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. How the Lord. Now, let's go back to Exodus chapter 14, and let's look at what exactly was happening in Exodus chapter 14. Okay, In the book of Exodus, God has rescued his people. His people have cried out. He sent Moses. God sends the plagues against Egypt. Egypt breaks. King Pharaoh breaks. He allows the people to go. The Bible says this, that God rescues the people out of Egypt. What I love about how God rescues them, it says this, not one of them were feeble. No sickness, no disease, nothing. Not one of these slaves who had been beaten, broken, overworked, probably didn't eat enough. It said this, when they transitioned out, that God fully restored them. This is a picture of Jesus. This is a picture of what Jesus would accomplish on the cross. Perfect life, perfect health, perfect. And so not one leaves feeble, and they take all of the wealth of Egypt. Meaning what? They are blessed to be a blessing. God is setting up his nation to be blessed. And so they leave Egypt. God takes them out into the wilderness, and then what happens? Egypt loses their minds. They go, why did we let millions of people go that were our slaves? No way, we're going to go back. We're going to get them. We're going to go capture them. So we pick up it up in Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, okay, so Pharaoh leads his army. He takes his best men, his best warriors, his best chariots. And then on behind that, he brings everybody else. He gathers all of his army and says, we're going to go get our people back. So it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. God's people who were just rescued 
just taken out, just healed, just given all the wealth. It says this, they looked up and saw Pharaoh and they panicked and saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Isn't this an interesting line? It's almost the same verbiage of when they send in the spies into the land to check out the new promised land and the spies come back and they go, we're just grasshoppers to these giants. It's almost the same language. It says they see the Egyptians overtaking them, okay? And they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? What a funny line. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Like Egypt was better. Verse 12. Didn't we tell you that this would happen? Isn't it funny how many people are out there right now telling us what will happen? Isn't this what will happen? I'm telling you what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Didn't I tell you what would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. There's an attitude of revival. There's an attitude in revival. And we see three different attitudes here. The first attitude we see is the people, okay? And the people in Egypt, what? They feel the heat of Pharaoh and the armies coming against them. They feel the heat of the enemy coming and bearing down against them. They have the Red Sea that they feel like, what are we going to do with that? I mean, listen, we got to understand there's millions of people and there's horses and there's carts and, you know, there's men and women and, and there's a sea and how are you going to cross the sea? And, but we're trapped. The sea's against us here and our enemy is there. And their attitude was what? Fear, anger, confusion. Fear, anger, confusion. All that is running rampant in our lives. All that is running rampant in the world right now. Fear, anger, confusion. Their attitude was that. But there was a second attitude. It was the attitude of Moses. Moses' attitude was to stand. Moses' attitude was to stand in faith. And I know that God's looking for faith right now. God's searching the earth. God's looking 
for faith in the earth right now so that he can move powerfully for his people. So Moses stands in faith. Moses has the right attitude in that moment, in that time, and he says, don't be afraid. Our God will fight. There's nothing you have to do. Let God do what God does. And he says, he stands, and then God does what? He sends this mighty wind, and the mighty wind blows upon the sea, and he pushes back the water. Now, I don't know if you know, but when there's a lot of water, and it's been there in the earth for a long time, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like, you can walk in that water or walk in that ground where the water was, and it is muddy, and you'll, you'll like, put your foot in it, and you'll lose your shoe. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's just hard, and it, it's, it's just nasty and awful. But the Bible said what in, in the book of Joshua? It says, we heard how the Lord made a dry path. Dry path. Total victory. Total victory for God's people. He said, I'll fight for you. I'll push back the waters. I'll even make the ground dry so all of you can cross. And they all cross. And then Egypt follows behind them. And what does God do? He swallows the enemy. He erases the enemy. He eliminates the enemy. For who? His people. The thing I love about this story is this. Yes, Moses stood in faith, but even as God's people complained and murmured and were in fear and in confusion, God's great love abounds. Because that's how much God loves his people. Even in your weakness, even in your fear, even in your complaining, even in your doubt. The Lord loves his people so much. And this is a Old Testament. This isn't even the New Testament. This isn't even Jesus and the cross and the disposition of grace that we live in now. This is Old Testament and God's grace and his love and his mercy is so kind. There's an attitude of faith. There's an attitude of revival. And when you stand in faith and you stand on God and you stand on his promises, it brings what? Victory. The last attitude is victory. Because this, because the people of Jericho in Joshua chapter 2, they heard what? They heard about how God fought for his people. They heard how God brought their people through the land, through a dry sea, and how God, and it brought fear to the enemy, not God's people, but to the enemy. There is victory in faith. There is victory when, when your faith, when your faith rises up, revival comes.
five weeks ago, I got into prayer, and the Lord said, take my hand. We're leaving this season. He took my hand, and he opened the door, and he led me through first, and he led my family, and then he led Elevate Church through, and we went through this new door. And I believe it's a land of revival. It's a land of revival. Believers becoming alive to the things of God. Having complete knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Having spiritual wisdom and understanding. I believe there's a land of revival. A land of God just breathing on his people. I was in the car the other day. I was just driving to run an errand, and the Holy Spirit filled my car, and I could barely drive. It's a land of revival, and we'll see that land because we'll walk in faith. We won't live in fear any longer. We'll stand with the Lord, and we'll stand on his word. And we'll let God fight the battles that we can't fight. I don't care how much you try to protect yourself in this season, in this time. The only one that can protect you is Jesus. The only thing that can protect you is the word of God. The only thing that can protect you and bless you in this season are the promises of God himself. So we will not live in fear. We will open up next week. We will worship in this house. We will love in this house. We will teach our children about the things of God. We will see revival start in this season and this time. And we will watch God protect us. And we will watch God defend us. And we will watch God heal. And we will watch God restore. And we will see God do what no man can do but only God himself. And we're going to see revival. We're going to see revival. And we're going to see revival in your life. We're going to see revival in your family. We're going to see revival in the earth. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what God's going to do. I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing right before he raptures his church. And that we're going to be a church that he raptures. We're going to be a pride that he raptures. his glory but he chose us to stand he chose us to stand in faith and to see God's victory amen come on let's pray right now I don't know we're gonna you guys can stand up we're a worship team you guys can come on up I know we're not gonna stream worship right now but we're gonna worship here and then you can come be a part of worship next week but we're going to see God do tremendous things. But I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that God fills you with his spirit, and God fills you with his power and his might, and God fills you with his anointing and his grace, and that you walk in his great power and his faith in him alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. If it's a home, if it's a car, wherever, I pray you fill your people with the infilling of the Holy Spirit right now. Father, I pray you fill them with more. If you want the infilling of the Holy Spirit, just ask right now. Just say, Father, I want to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I need that power. I need that wisdom. I need to speak in an unknown language that I can pray in the Spirit and that the Spirit can reveal things to me. Just ask Him. That's all it takes. Just ask Him. Father, you told Joshua to be bold. You told Joshua to be confident. We release boldness and confidence into your people right now. To stand in faith, not in fear. We thank you, God, for a spirit of faith. Your life, Jesus, your, your life. We thank you that the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead resides in us. And command that life to rise up in the people of God right now. To stand up. Command life and confidence, peace. Father, we thank you for a season of revival. Revival in your people. Revival in the earth. Revival of the unbeliever. Revival, Jesus. We want to be a part of what you're going to do. We call out on you to be a part. We want to be a part. Holy Spirit, we give you next week and our first weekend back. And we thank you that, Jesus, you showed me your blood covering this building. I thank you. You told me not one would get sick coming in or not one would get sick leaving. We thank you, Lord, that the angels of the Lord surround the property. We thank you that the Spirit of God lives and resides here. We thank you in the name of Jesus that we're going to come and we're going to worship you, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that you are going to come and bring your fire. You're going to come and bring your presence. You're going to come and bring your anointing. You're you're going to come and bring your grace and your strength and you're going to revive what those what people are right now we we speak to the dryness in people and we thank you lord that you revive them we thank you that you breathe life into them we thank you that you breathe your spirit your grace your power your anointing into them in jesus name we release the anointing we release the holy spirit upon them right now in jesus name 
We thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your life. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you, God, for your peace, your joy. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. You alone, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, God, for this new season. We thank you, God, for this new season. We trust you. We love you. We obey you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Um, before we tune out for today, I want to remind you you can give. Um, worship the Lord with your giving. There's a few ways you can give. You can give online, elevate.city. Um, you can always give through text. You can mail in or you can bring it next week. Just know we love you. We are praying for you. No, 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 no in your heart that God doesn't fail. His promises don't fail. The word of God never comes back void. You, you are protected. Grace of God resides on you. We're believing that the Holy Spirit's going to work on you, breathe life into you. But know that we love you. and We cannot wait to be with you. We cannot wait to see you. We will see you uh, next week. We love you. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.